Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You podcast. This is season five, episode nine. We're coming to you from Colorado, home of golden aspen trees in the fall. We drove uh, through some of that scenery a few weeks ago and uh, felt like I needed to apologize to all the Colorado folks because I always thought, yeah, fall out here, that's eh, not that great. Fall in the east, on the other hand, is fantastic. Mm. But those aspen trees were so beautiful, mixed in with the dark green pines. So my apologies to uh, my Colorado friends. I'm Terry, Church Ministries Leader for the Alliance. And I'm Alan, the Director of Multiplication for Eastern PA. And with us as well, as always, our faithful, trusty producer, Caitlin Guyberson. Caitlin, great to have you along for the uh, ride today. She's talking, but she's muted. Yeah. Thanks for letting me ride the roller coaster. It's a fun ride. <laughs> I, said, I, think, I said we had her along for the ride. The truth is she's driving the car. That's so, right. Uh, That's right. <laughs> so we it took you long enough to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, uh, it really didn't. It just took me a long time to admit it. There I'm you like, go. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, our guest today is Pastor Dan Betzer, who uh, is the uh, soon to be retiring, but uh, probably by the time that you hear this, he'll be retired. Lead pastor, First Assembly of God Church in uh, Fort Myers, Florida, and a longtime speaker on the Assembly's uh, radio program, Revival Time. And uh, he actually started his ministry in the Christian and Missionary Alliance in uh, Sandusky, Ohio. And he's the author of a book called Why Some Churches Are Blessed. A couple of years ago, Jeff Miller handed me uh, this book, one of our district superintendents. It took me a while to get to read it, but once I did, I'm like, wow, that is a good book. Couldn't put it down. And said, we're going to have Dan Betzer on the uh, podcast. So we're looking forward to uh, talking to this uh, veteran of pastoral ministry today and learning from him. So grab yourself a Diet Barks root beer with vanilla from Wendy's, that super soda center they have where you get to press all of those buttons. Sit back, relax. Here we go. Hey, Equipping You friends, it's Caitlin here, and I want to tell you about something super special that we have launched here at Equipping You that's just for you, and we think you're really going to love it. If you're an avid Equipping You listener, an Equipping You live attender, or both, you need to join our Facebook group called Equipping You Community. We love that on the podcast and at Equipping You Live, we get to empower you in your ministries. But we believe that for you to really see the true transformation of your leadership that you want, applying what you learn in community is key. So pause this episode right now and head over to facebook.com slash groups slash equipping you community. Or you can go to equippingyou.com and scroll all the way to the bottom and click on equipping you community. We can't wait to see you there. 
Dan, thank you for taking the time to be on the podcast with us. We're looking forward to getting to know you a little bit. Thank you. I'm delighted to be with you. So we always like our listeners to get to know our guests. And uh, so we'd love to hear about how you came to faith in Christ and uh, a little bit of your spiritual journey. And as well as uh, tell us about some leaders, a couple of leaders that influenced you along the way. Well, I grew up in a Christian home and in a Christian church, but that won't save you, of course. Of course. It still has to be a personal thing. And uh, way back in 19, uh, oh goodness, 50, <laughs> 1950, uh, I attended a citywide crusade where the preacher was Jack Schuler, no kin to Robert Schuler, different family. But what a preacher, oh my goodness, it was a citywide effort. <clears throat> and on a Thursday night, he gave the invitation. And I walked right down that aisle and drank in the prayer room and commit my life to Christ. And Jack actually came backstage and prayed with me. I always wow. thought he was the greatest preacher I ever heard. He's wow. been with the Lord for a long time now. But uh, that's when I accepted Christ. He was a Baptist, by the way. <laughs> so we spread this around a little bit. We yeah. Do. yeah. Amen. All for I'm that. Very blessed to be in a godly church when I was kid, had a godly pastor, and uh, so I, I've been thankful. I had a precious childhood where our home was uh, was uh, operated in the, in the fear of God, and uh, it was a wonderful upbringing. Well, praise the Lord for that. That yeah. is something we can't take for granted. For sure. That's for sure. Any, uh, any particular leaders other than Jack Schuler who really impacted you as, like, as a teenager or early in your ministry, Dan? Oh, yes. Many. Uh, Tory Johnson, who uh, founded Youth for Christ, was yeah. a great help to me in early ministry. And, uh, and as we'll get to it in a minute when we talk about missions, Oswald Smith, the great legendary Oswald Smith, yeah. was like my father. Uh, so was Leonard Ravenhill. Wow. Some of these great giants of the past had a profound influence in my life. I'm so grateful for their lives. Amen. Amen. Well, somebody gave me your book a couple of years ago, and like uh, most preachers, we have a stack of books that we're working, we're working our way through. So a couple of months ago, I pulled it out and read it and absolutely loved it. Uh, Why Some Churches Are Blessed is the title of that book. And uh, certainly the Lord has honored your ministry with his blessing. And so I ask you the question, Pastor Dan, why are some churches blessed? Well, I, I, Oswald Smith, the name I just mentioned, is the who turned my life around. Yeah. Uh, when Billy Graham preached Oswald Smith's funeral, Smith died, I think, when he was in his late 80s the great pastor in uh, Toronto yeah. of the People's Church, and really the founder of the Faith Promise Movement in Missions. Hmm. I was pastoring a Christian Missionary Alliance church in Sandusky, Ohio, and we were going nowhere. This was back about the mid-1970s, and uh, I had about 80 people. Our budget uh, our budget for the whole year in that church was uh, sixteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars divided by fifty two weeks. So 
we needed about $300 a week to pay the bills. <laughs> we didn't even come close. Wow. And we had started that church. And um, so after about a year of that, we were thousands of dollars in the red in operations. And you cannot function for very long like that. And I became ill and because I don't handle financial pressure well. And while I was ill, I prayed, oh, God, oh, God, why aren't you blessing this church? And the Lord spoke to my heart. This was not an audible voice, but the Bible says God's spirit bears witness with our spirit. And I felt God say to me, the reason why I am not blessing your church is because you're not in the same business I'm in. You're in the church business. Mm. But I'm in the redemption business. So if you get in the redemption business, I'll take care of your church business. So I, I remember praying. I was just, I was dumbstruck by this. What do you want me to do, Lord? And the Lord said, first of all, you're not supporting any missionaries. You don't even think about missions or preach about missions. So why should I bless you? Because my commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel, not if it's convenient, not if you have the money to do it, just do it. Hebrews eleven six. without faith, it is impossible to please God. <laughs> so what do you want me to do, Lord? Lord said, first of all, I want you to have a missions convention. And I remember, it's, I don't know why God didn't strike me with lightning, but I said, oh, God. Have you ever been to a missions convention? <laughs> if you look up the word dull, boring in the dictionary, there's a picture of a missions convention. I tell you, this is, God hears me. This is an absolute fact. Early in the ministry, I heard a missionary. They used to have slides, you know, mm-hmm. and a little yep. clicker. Yep. So there weren't many people there, but the light, the lights went out and the screen lit up and he said, this is a picture of some trees. <laughs> Click. These are trees in Africa. Click. This is a picture of a hut under a tree. I mean, it's just all over. People are just dropping off to sleep. And then he said, and this is the greatest slide. He said, click, here's a picture of my wife and our pet chimpanzee. My wife is the one on the right. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm telling you, the search was over. (laughs) So I said, Lord, that's what I think of when I think of a missions convention. And God said, if you do what I tell you to, the missions convention will become the foremost week of your church year. And in fact, down here in Fort Myers right now, we start our missions convention next week. Wow. It's the most important week of the year. Everything stops for the missions convention. It's not an also-ran, it's the main event. And we bring in missionaries from all over the world. But hey, I have a missionary in the pulpit every single week of the year. Wow. Every week. So over the course of a year, we'll have 70 to 80 missionaries here live and in color. Yeah. How can pastors expect churches 
to respond to missions if they never have a missionary. And so these missionaries come, they get the whole offering. And uh, I've had pastors tell me, well, we can't afford to do that. No, no, you can't afford not to do that. Jesus said signs and wonders would follow, would follow. That's the verb, not precede, not when we have the money, not when it's convenient. But signs and wonders would follow obedience to the Great Commission. Amen. So missions is, is everything we do down here in Fort Myers. So God said, I want you to have a missions convention. So I said, okay. And then the Lord said, I want you to have as your guest speaker, Dr. Oswald J. Smith of the People's Church in Toronto. <laughs> I had 80 people. And I remember saying, Sure, Lord, I'll have Dr. Smith, this legend. Billy Graham said he was the man who most influenced his life. I'm going to have him done in this little church with 80 people. And I, and I remember saying, yes, Lord, and I'm going to invite Frank Sinatra to lead the singing. And have Billy Graham do the opening prayer. How am I supposed to get Smith? God said, ask him. Ask him. And just the other day, guys, I ran across the letter that Smith wrote me back. He said, I feel led to invest a week of my life in you. And he did. And he changed my life. For 80 people, guys, we didn't have a big church. It was a tiny little church that couldn't even pay the bills. And Smith came. And I'll talk about him a bit later on. Then the Lord said, I want you to have a faith promise for missions of $20,000. And I remember just saying, God, you just don't understand. (laughs) Our whole budget is $16,000, $300 a week. And we're thousands of dollars in arrears. We can't even do that. And that's where the whole concept of faith promises, taught by Smith, came into my life. So I'll cut this part of the story short. Smith came in. He was electrifying. He was not a, a PR guy. In fact, his opening, his opening line to us in the church was, you people, who do you think you are? You make me sick. You've heard the gospel thousands of times. What gives you the right to hear the gospel over and over and over till everybody's heard it one time? And then he began to teach us about faith promise giving, depending upon God. Most churches never live in the supernatural. What's the difference in the average church and a good civic club? Not much. They meet on a regular basis. Sometimes they have food. (laughs) Sometimes they sing. But the church of Jesus Christ operates in a realm that's supernatural. And I'm not talking about spooky stuff here or crazy stuff. The only rationale for the church of Jesus Christ is the supernatural. And this is what Smith taught me. He's a good CMA guy for many years, you know, yeah. and, uh, and uh, to operate out of faith. So we took the offering that Sunday after a week of Smith, this church that couldn't raise $300 a week. And the missions offering was $32,000. Praise God. And that little church 
of the corner exploded with growth, with resources. How do you explain it, Betzer? You can't accept obedience to the Lord. Signs and wonders will follow. Now I'm wrapping up 34 years of ministry here in Fort Myers. Over those 34 years, this church has given right at $40 million for missions. Wow. We don't take it out of general fund. The general fund is for the operation of the church. I believe Malachi taught that. So that's, that's a different fund altogether. The missions is on top of it, $40 million. We don't have rich people here. We're just ordinary people. But I'll tell you guys, our people have colossal faith. We support 540-some missionaries every month. And we have for years and years and years. And we can't afford it. I promise you, we don't have that many people. We can't afford it. But the money is there every single month to take care of all the bills and to take care of our missionaries. We've never missed a missionary. It all has to do with faith. Faith. And this is where churches, I think, drop the ball. So I think you're heading down this road here, and I can hear pastors speaking up right now saying, come on now, well, I, we can hardly sustain our own ministry. How do you expect us to sacrifice like that? And what would be your I word? I hear them? all the time. I hear that. <laughs> all yeah, you do. Pastors come and they sit in a chair right over here. And I've heard it over and over. We've driven many miles, Pastor. Tell us how come thousands of people attend? How come all the bills are paid? And I always say, missions, no, 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 we don't want to hear that. We didn't drive all the way down here to hear about missions. We know this is your thing, Betzer, but really, really, come on now. What is that magic open sesame that makes all this possible? Missions. No, we don't want to hear that. And they'll get up and walk out that door. I'm always reminded of the rich young ruler who walked away sadly. And they miss the thing. They don't give their people the opportunity to experience what God will do. The only explanation for this is God and our obedience to what God said. Remember, the Great Commission is not a suggestion, people. It is a commandment. Mm -hmm. And nobody can afford to do it. But when you do it, God opens up the door and the supply is amazing. So, uh, Pastor Dan, you talked about uh, the $20,000 faith promise goal in uh, your Church of 80 in Sandusky, Ohio, your Alliance Church of 80 in Sandusky, Ohio in the 1970s. That's a lot of money for a church of 80 now. Uh, (laughs) It was certainly a lot of money for a church of 80 in the 1970s. So, as you arrive at these goals for your church's annual uh, missions giving how do, you, how do you come up with that goal? Well, here again, Smith, and, and if I can just say a word about Oswald Smith, who's not with the Lord. He was not easy to get along with. Great leaders aren't always PR guys. <laughs> he, was a, he was kind of a cantankerous guy. I preached the funeral for his sister, and before she died, I said, no, your brother was hard to get along with. She laughed and she said, yeah, and you didn't even live with him. We lived, <laughs> But he was tough. He used to just holler at me, Betzer, God will never owe you money. 
God will never owe you money. And he taught me how to set a goal. He said, if, if last year you gave X amount of dollars to missions, your church, and you make that your goal for this year, it means you're not really interested to expand the kingdom. Other people can just die and go to hell. You've done your best last year. No, no. You always reach out. More about Jesus. More about Jesus. More people for Christ. So it never ends. It's always a goal. And you start by teaching the young people, the children, faith promise giving, the adults, faith promise giving. So at the end of every missions convention, the last weekend, I usually preach that weekend, and we have the people fill out faith promise cards. And here again, I learned this all from Smith. Nothing's original with me. I've never had an original thought in my life. <laughs> but I've been blessed to cross paths with great, great people who taught me all I know. And I just know that it works. So we have faith promise cards that we pass out. This year, I'm believing God. And in, in, in a couple of weeks on a Sunday, I'll do this again. Next year, 2012, 2000, what is 2021? 2020. This next year, I'm going to believe God for X amount of dollars for missions. And I'm going to pray about it. Oh, God, here it is. I, I've made this commitment. I don't have that kind of money. But I want you to open up the door and make it possible. Let me tell you a little story, okay? Yeah, yeah. please. please I'm do. sitting right here at this desk one day. See, pastors tell me we can't afford to do this. Can't afford not to. Because you shut the door to God's provision. I'm sitting at this desk, and a guy and his wife walked in that door and sat at my table, and he said, I just dropped by. I want to give you a little check for the church. I said, that's wonderful. So he made out the name of the church, and then I saw him write the figure eight, zero. I thought, isn't that nice? This guy dropped by to give us $80. <laughs> zero. I thought, oh, my goodness, he's going to give it just out of the sky, $800? Zero. And now, boy, does he have my attention. $800? Zero. $8,000? Zero. The man is writing out a check to our church for $80,000. Zero. I got goosebumps just telling you this, guys. Yeah. He handed me a check for the church for eight. Hundred thousand dollars. Praise God. And yet I have pastors sit right over there and tell me we can't afford to do missions. You can't afford not to. Yeah. Because when you obey God, this is why churches are blessed. It's because of obedience to God, not just in this, but in every issue. Yeah. You obey God. We wanted to build a children's center here 12 years ago. And it was going to cost five and a half million dollars. I don't want to borrow five and a half million dollars. That's kind of the world's way of doing business, you know. So I prayed, God, send me to people who care about this, care about children. And the Lord put on my heart the name of an old guy downtown who I don't think's ever darkened this church door to this day. And I went to see him with all the blueprints. And I'd ask God, oh, God. 
let that man give us $50,000. So he saw the blueprints and he got kind of torqued and he said, I don't go to your church. What are you doing here? I'm not interested. Just leave your blueprints. If I'm interested, I'll call you. The next day he called me and he said, this is incredible. I want to be a part of the construction of this center to reach children for God. Can you come and have lunch with me in my condo? I said, I think so. So I drove down. He's waiting for me at the door. He said, Pastor Betcher, this is the most amazing thing. I don't go to your church. I don't know much about it except you want to reach children. And I'm going to help you. Remember, I asked the Lord for $50,000 from this guy. He said, I'm going to give the church $1 million. Praise God. And he did. And we got the million dollars. And yet I'll have pastors sit right there and look me right in the eyes and say, we can't afford missions. How do you stay open when you disobey God? Hmm. Why are some churches blessed? Because they obey God. Well, we don't have the money. and This will cut back on this or cut back. You don't have the money because you're not obeying God. See, I, I, I learned this from Smith and Ravenhill and others. Hmm. They, were, they were of a different breed, you know. Yep. They just breathe different air. Yep. But I know after all, I'm 80, I'll be 84 pretty quick. And I know it works. I know obeying God always, always, always works. Amen. Amen. So you've led your congregation in some uh, some pretty, pretty big face-stretching endeavors, by the way that it sounds. And uh, so, you know, you have these pastors that sit across from you in your office, and they're worried about faith. So how, in those instances, besides telling them, uh, you know, you can't not live by faith. How do you encourage them to take a big step of faith? And, and Well, and it doesn't just happen. Uh, one of my board members said to me the other day, boy, I love the board. There's, there's about 16 people, men and women, who are fantastic. And they're blessed with faith. And one of my board members said, Pastor, we've heard you preach now for 34 years. You only had two sermons. <laughs> <laughs> one is on faith. One is on missions. And honestly, we can't tell the two apart. Because it all rests on obedience to God and faith to believe Him. Yeah. So we feature missionaries. How can you expect your church to have a missions burden if they never see a missionary? If they never hear a missionary? Uh you got to have missionaries in. you got to give them a chance to talk. Present the burden, present the need, and then respond to it. And by the way, we just give them the whole offering, whatever it is. I've seen offerings anywhere from $2,500 from $2, to $25,000. Yeah. One offering. So they just get it. Well, doesn't that affect your general fund? Yeah. It increases the general. <laughs> Proverbs says, Proverbs says there is that scattereth, yeah. yet increaseth. Yeah. There is that withholdeth more than is necessary. Got to pay the bills. It tends to poverty. Yeah. The liberal soul, the Bible says, your Bible says, the liberal soul shall be made fat. 
And our people love to give. We don't push them hard. We hardly mention the offerings. We take offerings in the services like everybody. But it's hardly mentioned. And and the budget is always met. That's no little thing. We have to have $110,000 a week to operate. So that's no little deal. It's huge. But God is faithful. And every time we have a missionary, I need support. You got it. (laughs) Where's it coming from? God, you want to argue with that? (laughs) From God. So I'm pretty adamant about it. And it it makes a lot of preachers mad. I had one preacher tell me, get off my back. (laughs) Well, I just can tell you why some churches are blessed. And if you do it, great. If you don't do it, I don't know what to tell you. Tell it to Jesus someday when you stand before him. So uh, in the same spirit, You've not only given money away, but you've given people away in church planning and and uh, multi-site. Tell us how you came to start doing that and um, how you go about planting new churches out of your church. You know, uh, years ago, years, many years ago, this has been about 35 years ago, I'm driving down one of our streets here in Fort Myers, and there's a Walgreens store going up being built, future home of Walgreens. Yep. And I said to myself, like we need another Walgreens. <laughs> there seems to be one on every street corner. And I felt the Lord speak to my heart and say, well, it kind of works for them, doesn't it? Why isn't there a church on every corner? Mm. Our church is right in the middle of this. This complex of towns here in Florida is about a million people because it goes from Naples clear up to Port Charlotte. Yeah. And I want everybody to come here. Well, Walgreens doesn't work like that. They want to make it handy for people. So the Lord said, why don't you start other churches? That means we'd have to give a lot of people. So we decided to start a church over in Cape Coral, where you used to be. So I brought in a young man to pastor that church, and he worked on our staff for six months. I thought, well, I'll have him preach on a Sunday and When he gives the invitation, it will be for people to join him that night to start the new church. And I thought, "Ah, there may be 10, 15 people go with him, you know. So he preached his sermon, and he was good. And he said, now tonight, my wife and I start a church over in Cape Coral. If you feel led to go with us, stand up and follow me out of the sanctuary. Man, a hundred and some people got up and walked out of the sanctuary. And, (laughs) you know, preachers are good mathematicians. We're thinking, ching, ching, there went time, ching, ching, there went time. And I thought, what in the world are we going to do now? A hundred and some people missing. The next Sunday, I couldn't tell the difference in church attendance. There were just as many people, and the offering was just as strong. Do you think God is broke? But he's not going to bless you if you obey him. So over the years, we've started not only here, but across the country, I suppose, a dozen churches. And some have really flourished. Some haven't. Here again, depends on the leadership, how much they trust God. Some of them have really done well, and some have not flourished. goes back to your obedience to God. But I don't know how many more I'll start now at my age, but uh, we've started a bunch of them. Yeah. Fantastic. Love it. That's great stuff. So uh, 
you know, right now, a lot of pastors are, are discouraged. Uh, church leaders might be discouraged along with them. Maybe their church is small and struggling. They're not sure how to move forward. You've talked a lot about having faith, about generosity to missions. So what other words of advice and encouragement would you give them? Well, don't be discouraged. You know, this uh, virus thing has hit everybody. I am told that church attendance is down as much as 60% in some cases, and it, it hurt us too. We've gone from huge crowds to uh, not-so-huge crowds. <laughs> and I've preached to a lot of empty seats in the last year. Yeah. Now they're coming back, thank God. I'm grateful for that. I hope yeah. this virus lifts and that people want to come back to church. If you if you tell people long enough, you don't need to come to church, they won't come back. That really concerns me. I think it's been a terrible thing for the church. So we've stayed open. We had to do uh, just uh, on the internet for a while, but we've been back open now for a long time. And we're just about back to normal. And financially, we've stayed the same. And missions has increased. Praise God. Missions, <laughs> that's phenomenal to me. Yeah. But you always encourage people. Pastors, let me tell you this. I, I'm thinking about writing a book, <laughs> How to Be a Successful Pastor. It will have three chapters. <laughs> Every chapter will have one page. Every page will have one sentence. So three sentences, the whole book. I'm going to quote you the whole book. Chapter okay. one. Pastors, love your people. Mm. You got to love the people. Mm-hmm. If you don't love people, go do something else. Yeah. Love those people. Tell them you love them. Show yeah. them you love them. Chapter two, feed the people. Mm. Don't feed them. You're not a therapist. You're a preacher of the word. Paul told Timothy, preach the word. What in the world else would you ever preach except the word? Preach <laughs> the word. Feed the people. And number three, don't do anything stupid. So that's it. <laughs> love the people. Feed the people. Don't do anything stupid. And, and people are hungry for the gospel. They'll come from everywhere to hear the gospel. And you trust in God. You don't trust numbers. You don't trust anything but God. Faith. Without faith, it is what? Impossible. Impossible. Yeah. Please, God. Amen. So that's about all I know, guys. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think you know a lot, my friend. That's uh, great stuff. And love the way you distill ministry down to those three uh, simple but profound uh, <laughs> principles and uh, I totally agree with them. So we thank you for uh, being with us today and sharing your heart, sharing your experience. My faith has been stretched and encouraged again as it was when I was uh, reading your book. So I know you're going to retire, but I hope you still get opportunities for your voice to be heard or your words to be read, whichever may be the case, because uh, men like you who have Uh, experienced uh, the great blessing of God on your ministry, uh, have a message that those of us coming behind you continually need to hear. So uh, we appreciate you, my brother. Thank you. I enjoyed very much being with you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Dan. God bless you, my friend. I love listening to these longtime veteran pastors ooze wisdom on us, Alan. Uh, What'd you hear today that uh, blessed your socks off? 
You know, I love the fact, Terry, that you are the one. I want to give you credit for this. You're always the one that is looking out for some guys that have uh, been around the ministry block a few times to get some uh, extra wisdom for us. And I admire that, and I thank you for that. Uh, you know, I I just love the fact that he's he loves generosity. It just oozes from him, you know, yeah. and uh, he's not afraid of generosity. I think sometimes we're afraid of being generous uh, that we won't have enough for ourselves. And uh, Dan has experienced that that is backwards thinking. And uh, so I'm thankful for his testimony of God's blessing. Uh, their church, when they were focused on missions around the world. Yep. So let his faith spill out onto you and then let your faith spill out onto others. Listen to this podcast, which you did, or you wouldn't be hearing me right now. And then Pass it on to others so they'll listen to it as well. Wouldn't be a bad thing at all, Pastor, for you to uh, set up your computer in your elder meeting and let this play uh, for them and think about your church in regards to some of the things that Pastor Dan Betzer has to say to us. So uh, join us next time for uh, Season 5, Episode 10 of Equipping You Podcast. Thanks for being with us this time. And uh, until then, keep the faith. Adios, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.